Is anatta something we can cultivate directly or does it come about indirectly? If directly, how does the self or ego not get involved? Hmm. Mm, well, we don't use words like directly or indirectly, I suppose. And I think what you mean by that, do we uh, actively... Uh, work to work on an intellectual level I would say to, to to bring that about or do we do something else and the knowledge comes about I think it is indirectly so I'm going to be able to avoid your whole if directly clause no? <laughs> because I think it is indirectly you don't um, you don't you, you don't think about non-self the practice that we do, let's give a whole overview, overview of the practice that we do and then you'll understand, I think. Hopefully it will, it will help anyway. The practice that we follow is called insight meditation based on the four foundations of mindfulness. So there are two parts to the practice. We're not practicing vipassana. No. You, you can't practice vipassana in, 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 the, in an absolute sense or in a literal sense. You practice mindfulness. You practice looking at things. No? You practice looking at things as they are. And you practice seeing things as they are. You practice what is called pati sati matta. This bare mindfulness of things specifically as they are. Pati means specifically. Matta means bare or just. Sati means mindful. No? So this one word that the Buddha uses to explain the meaning of the word sati in this context means to 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 see things just as they are and 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 fully have that be your full attention so this is what we we try to cultivate you know, this state of full awareness or this state of of uh, exact awareness or exact remembrance of things as they are as a result of doing that, based on the body, the feelings, the mind, and the dhammas, the four foundations of mindfulness, there arises knowledge of impermanence, knowledge of suffering, and knowledge of non-self. Why? Because that's the nature of these things. That's how these things are. When we look at things and see things as they are, we can't help but see their characteristics. You know, and their characteristics happen to be, you, know, you could say it's just by chance, or it's just how the world is formed, or whatever, happen to be they're impermanent, they're unsatisfying, and they're uncontrollable, or they're impermanent, suffering, and non-self. And so that's where uh, the idea, that's where non-self comes in. It comes about as a realization um, of seeing things as they are. Like our teacher said, when, when you see a tiger, you see its stripes. You don't have to look at the tiger and see where are its stripes, or, or, or how do I find its stripes, or does this tiger have stripes? As soon as you see the tiger, tiger, you you can't help, but in seeing the tiger to see its stripes. So the same goes by seeing, um, seeing the characteristics of 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 reality. Now you could still argue that any practice of meditation is uh, egotistical. No, is the ego getting in the way because there is the intention to do it. 
No, and so this just goes back to the desire. It goes back to forcing, and and there was even one monk who went so far, and he's quite a famous monk in Thailand, who said, "Mindfulness is non-self." So the idea of developing it is uh, is is therefore um, is therefore fallacious. No, it, it's not proper for a person to try to develop mindfulness because it's non-self. No, this is clear from the Abhidhamma or from the Buddha's teaching. So you have a big problem there. So his his theory was just to have people sit near him and they'd become mindful by um, by by approximation or by association you know, with the wise. And there's kind of something to that uh, in 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 terms of thinking things arising you know by themselves. But it's such a dangerous thing, and I'm I I can't help but think that it's going to lead his students astray and cause them to be uh, lazy and 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 to waste a lot of time to get very little results because while they're sitting there next to him waiting for the mindfulness to arise and waiting for wisdom to arise they could be actively developing it and as a result getting very good results during the practice you don't want to be pushing it you don't want to be you know actively you know forcing the mindfulness to arise or so on but there is a um, inclination of mind that has to come about an investigation the mind has to make the choice that instead of um, you know, following, following concepts and ideas and judgments and so on instead it's going to follow the reality and, and focus on the reality to, to say that there is no self and there is no soul as I said is just to denounce those things that have no bearing on reality experience is not automatic it's not to say that there is not choice made there is in fact choice made at every moment we make a choice between many different things at every moment what the we is what the i is is irrelevant no the the idea of whether it be a soul or a self or this or that these are all have no basis it is what it is there is the experience and the experience is made up of choices if we make a choice to judge something then there is the cho the choice of judgment arises if there is the choice of of seeing things as they are then there is that choice if you don't take that choice then the the habits in the mind you know, uh, are going to lead you or you you're making a choice anyway you know you make a choice when you choose to do nothing and so to 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 if you were to make the the argument that the ego gets in the way every time you meditate then it's a misunderstanding of what we mean by by not ex non-existence of ego we don't mean that there is no choice and no um no effort to be made in the present moment of any kind what we mean is that things like ego and self and me and mind um don't have any place in 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 reality because there are no entities there is only experience but that experience is very personal it is very individual you know? and and so you know th there there are moment to moment choice at any moment you can verify this by saying now i'm going to make a choice and choosing something you know? at any moment especially when you practice meditation you can see that in fact we are quite empowered that at every moment we can make a choice to be mindful or to to cling I would like to point out something uh, about how your question is put. Um, is anatta something we can cultivate? Mm, 
that in itself is not cannot be said directly or indirectly because it's neither nor uh, anatta is not something that mm. we can cultivate anatta is a state of mind or is an insight that arises in your mind that you can understand you can see through you 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 can understand that something is out of control without uh being possible to be controlled um that there is no such thing within yourself or outside yourself that could be uh controlling anything so um the way you you write your question is already mm, I don't want to say wrong but kind of wrong because it is it, it it's misleading it's it's coming from the point that anatta is something the opposite of atta and it is not that anatta is that there is nothing mm. it's giving yeah. up the idea of atta no yeah just like per impermanence is not a thing that exists so uh, it's giving up the idea that there is permanent things that exist you see that they don't there is no permanent things that exist yeah. and suffering is giving up the idea of you know, finding satisfaction yeah so you can't really co uh, cultivate it what you can do is you can cultivate your mind you can practice mindfulness and you can do vipassana meditation and understand anatta mm. And let go of atta. No, mm. I mean, in the end, it's all. If you want to understand Buddhism simply, it's as the Buddha said, it's quite simple: giving up clinging. Why? What are these things? People always wonder: What are these things? Impermanent, suffering, and non-self. When am I going to see them? They're they're the letting go. No, there when you see this stuff is garbage. It's useless. It's meaningless. It has no benefit to me. There's nothing in the world that, when I cling to it, is going to bring me happiness. It, it, it's so simple um, that you know we miss it and we want to read more no? we want to where's the real stuff and start reading the Buddha's books and these huge books and all of the Buddha's teaching that is gathered together trying to find the, the essence no? and you miss it the Buddha said it on the first page Four Noble Truths what is this you know suffering is to be understood and the cause of suffering is to be abandoned so all you have to do is look at things and see that they're suffering once you see that they're suffering you let go of them that 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 letting go is the realization of impermanent suffering and non-self. It's it's a realization of a lot of things, and the Buddha just gave the salient points: these impermanent suffering and non-self. It's a realizing realizing that things are not beautiful. It's a realizing realizing that things are not stable. That things are not um, controllable. That they're they're not um, maintainable. You know, I mean, all all of the you know, they're they're not reliable or uh, they're not meaningful so many different things it's the realization that they're useless basically sub what the buddha says sub sabbe dhamma nalang abhinevesaya this is the first thing all you need to know to start practicing the buddha's teaching to start practicing mindfulness is that no dhammas are worth clinging to that's enough that's enough theory to get you started on the practice 